I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. And, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And, and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it. Do it harder. Make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. I believe tonight's pay-per-view can be uh, really summed up in the final words of Tony Schiavone, who said, (laughs) he may not have regained a title, but he may have regained a friend. (laughs) Join us next week on the ABC After School Special. (laughs) Oh, oh God. (laughs) And then they had a weak-ass, like... uh, the explosion at the end. Even Miro is is clowning Kenny Omega, saying he's a bad engineer. Oh, oh my God, that was amazing. That was that was just. <laughs> I laughable. I was I thought, man, you know, we're halfway through, and I'm like, man, this main event has kind of redeemed this this pay per view for me for this AEW Revolution pay per view. And then, <laughs> first of all, they've handcuffed Moxley. He's he's like face down. There's the countdown to him blowing up and dying and and just being decimated and leaving his wife, you know, with his his unborn child and orphan. And nobody, there's like no baby faces in this company to save it. None. Like, any like if a fly lands on somebody in the front row, Dark Order comes down and it just sacrifices <laughs> their bodies right throughout this pay per view, right? Yes. Dark Order is rushing outside to help old ladies across the street. But, <laughs> But when there's a guy bleeding in the middle of a ring that is imminently exploding, they just nobody can be troubled to come help save him. Like no Cody, no Dustin, no there's just nobody there that's gonna be able to help this man out. Just can't it just can't happen. Except for Well, here comes Eddie Kingston, the most obvious choice clearly to get this job done. Who's been probably the biggest <laughs> asshole on the damn show for the last month. Uh, and, and I've loved it. I've loved what he's had. Oh, yes. But it, I mean, I, I understand it's called turning somebody baby face. I get it. I understand. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, sure. Eddie's going to come in. He covers him up. And the, the Gilbert pyro goes off, as somebody just put it. I stole that from somebody. Oh, man. That, thank God he covered him up. Well, I'm I'm I, just I, I, glad I, even, even some of the great. AEW apologists are not even trying to defend this because it's no. like you can't. It's like well, the crowd <laughs> booed, man. The live crowd booed. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, I just hope. Let me and let me say this very clearly and sincerely. I hope that it does not keep Tony Khan from signing another fifty-year-old person who was on <laughs> TNA's roster in twenty twelve. Don't hold Don't, your breath, there, Chief. I hope the the lack of a success for main event does not. I hope it doesn't keep him from signing Amazing Red or Garrett Bischoff. I hope that those people will be signed immediately. If not, I hope to see Brooke Hogan on Wednesday night uh, in some sort of an angle. How about how about West Briscoe? West Briscoe, fully of I'm looking forward to the Aces and Eights reunion. I. Uh, I don't see why Bo Dup is tanned, rested, and ready. 
I gotta say, there were, I, I feel like there was parts of it I liked, but there was parts of it you can't that that were just so not good. Oh, and then not good. The main and the main event was it, it looked like it was going to be a real worthy main event. I thought they did a good job presenting it. it had a big match feel. Justin did the introductions correctly. Um, all of that stuff looked good. Don Callis was doing his smart ass work on commentary. It was fine. Uh, the explosions were, were popping the crowd big and then they go into just, it's just too much and it's just too crazy. And and then it turned out to be bad. Turned out to be bad. It wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> the, wasn't, good the, the bad outweighed the good in, in the end on that one, on in that uh, match. Well, in the pay-per-view as far as I'm concerned, but definitely. Uh, in the match. Let me ask that. you this. What was your favorite match out of, out of the card? Which one uh, did you like the most? The, hang, the hangman tag match I thought was good. I thought the ladder match, the casino ladder match with the brass ring. That was okay. I like that. Okay. I thought that was my, my top three are the page tag match, um, the casino Royale thing. And then the, the, the ladder match, the, I'd say the women's match. Yeah, that's what I like. I, to be I like my top three. Those would be cheater. my top three. Yeah. Um, and then you know the Bucks thing was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I thought the Sting thing was a big fail. I just <laughs> as far as any I'm of that, not was, a, I, I'm sorry, man. I, I just can't get into the cinematic stuff. I just I'm I'm. It's not there for me yet. I know that's the thing of the future, apparently, but I just you know I don't I didn't buy I that much. Of, it. I didn't buy much of that at all. Yeah, I wasn't there. Oh, man. Anyway, let me thank everybody for the kind words from last week. Uh, we didn't do a show last week because my grandmother passed away. I was in the mountains with my family, and I appreciate all the kind words and stuff. Thank you guys for that. It's good to be back and back in the swing of things. And unfortunately, I paid $50 for comic relief tonight. So and thank you, Tony Khan, for lifting my spirits, really, when I when I desperately needed it. <laughs> God almighty. Oh, I had such high hopes. I had such high hopes for this pay per view. So I wonder. I wonder now if what this whole Kurt Angle tweet was about—the one that was going around uh, with him lacing up his boots and saying, you know, whatever it said, get ready for the next phase or whatever the fuck—and it was like it was like it was a work that they. It's almost like AEW called Kurt Angle and said, Let, "Let's I'm, let's pay you to throw people off here." Yeah. Is it, is it, I mean, would Richie Rich write him a $10,000 check just to put that on there? Probably. And then, and then Vince would be clue like, what are you doing that for, pal? And then, you <laughs> You're know. making insinuations. God, that was funny. Oh, this is funny. Uh, AWS confirmed when its next pay per view will be taking place tonight's revolution was announced. Double or nothing will take place Sunday, May the 30th. May the 30th is the day before Memorial Day. And ticket on sale information for Double or Nothing 2021 has yet to be announced. This will be the second straight AEW pay-per-view to take place on a Sunday. This year's revolution was the first Sunday pay-per-view in AEW history. And, geez, with all the success of this one, why would they stop? Uh, you know. I would book another exploding bar death match. Too sweet. Because that's going to be good. The giant yeah. reveal of the legend uh, was Christian Cage uh, of Edge and Christian, and uh, he has been signed apparently to a multi-year deal with 
All Elite Wrestling. Let me do some quick Googling to make sure that I have this right. Uh, it seemed to be a pretty underwhelming signing as far as I was concerned. That's right. He didn't Edge. say anything. He didn't, he didn't take the mic. Edge was uh, is 47 years old. He's going to be 48 in November. So there you go. I, let me let me well, think. You know, if yeah. Edge is coming back, Christian's got to come back too. That's that's the rule. That's right. Christian is is will be is forty seven and a half. He'll be forty eight later this year. And um, I'm trying to think. So they signed. They signed. They got Sting. And Sting, I think, was born in 1955. So what's the median age of a signee for uh, all elite wrestling? The the you know the promotion that that crushes it when it comes to the younger demos, the eighteen to forty nine. Uh, Sting was born in nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, I believe Johnny well, Man. You know, believe, honestly, if it was nineteen fifty, anything. Yeah, exactly. I believe Johnny Mann's Stand Up and Cheer was a hit show in 1959. <laughs> I believe you're right. And so <laughs> what's the median age of a signee for All Elite Wrestling? The killer when it comes to 18 to 49-year-olds, uh, looks like it's around 56 years old. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's going to be your median age. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what don't we're doing here. I don't get it. And you have to understand, I try. I try really hard to, to, to go for it. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to check it out. It's going to be good. We're going to rock and roll this thing. And then it, they, 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 they just end up pulling the football out for me every single time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just – it's just the Dynamites have been better than this pay-per-view. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's that's – I think that that I gave them complete credit for selling this pay per view, and they did a better job selling the pay per view than executing the pay per view. I think that's what. Yeah. yeah oh, oh, yeah. And hadn't we seen that before? Uh, Johnny Mann. Not, stand not up, from them, but just in general. Johnny Mann's Stand Up and Cheer was a hit television show from 1971 to 1974, which was during the period of time that Christian was born. So, <laughs> there you there you are, Christian. Uh, oh, and Ethan Page, the, the the mystery opponent, that was a little underwhelming too. But uh, you know. I was okay. I was okay with it. I thought he had a good performance. I wish they would have put the guy oh, over. He did well. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it but. it it made it, it made sense for Wish App Ricochet to, to win that. I thought um, so. That's fine. The Johnny Man singers were involved in several classic rock and roll rockabilly recordings for Johnny Burnett, including God Country and My Baby, The Crickets, and several 1957-1958 sessions with Eddie Cochran, who was also signed to Liberty Records in Hollywood. This is what was happening uh, when Sting was born. This is this is what he this is this is the stuff okay. that was happening when Sting was a young man. So there you are. Was Hullabaloo cinema. was it was Hullabaloo a, a big thing then or was it too early Hullab for Hullabaloo? There might have been might have been a thing. Let's see, Hullabaloo. I'm not sure when that was on. T V series uh ran from No, this is the Sting actually born before Hullabaloo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and there was hang on. 
I believe I believe we have a winner. I believe uh, the original American Bandstand from Philadelphia was running when when Sting was born. I think that is the uh, correct. Dick Clark was like seventy four then. I think it was. He was he was just seventy four years of age from Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen. Oh God! Uh, they didn't move from Philadelphia to LA until nineteen sixty four. So Sting, Sting was starting kindergarten, and I don't even know if there was a kindergarten. Sting was starting Head Start. Wait a minute, there wasn't even Head Start. <laughs> <laughs> that was nothing. <laughs> this is fantastic. So they they announced that Christian Cage is their and I I don't have a problem with Christian in general. I'm oh just no, like, is this just- like the? Or, I mean, I, I, and I'm making the joke. It looks like they're reassembling the 2012 TNA roster. Is what it looks like. Well, when, when's Bubba Ray Dudley coming out? You know? Yeah, Bull, Bully Ray needs to make an appearance here. If we again, like if we get aces and eights rocking and rolling. Bobby Roode, call your agent. Um, it's it's just bizarre that they would think that this would be a game changing thing. You remember the big joke was when they put Flair into the Hall of Fame when Flair was under contract with TNA and they were going to put him in in the Hall of Fame for Evolution, I guess. Uh, and they had to make a, a reconciliation legally with TNA, and they go, well, "You guys can have anybody you want to off our roster, make an appearance, and do with them what you want." And Dixie goes, "Christian," <laughs> and they and Pritchard is What's, on. What is it with Christian, man? Not not John Cena. <laughs> not don't even try to go for him and have us shoot that down. But Undertaker. And remember, Pritchard Pritchard said that the reason that Dixie liked. Christian so much as they used to talk like Dixie and Christian used to talk about their cats and stuff. Oh, that's, that's, that's true. Oh God. And remember the other part of this is that TK, our buddy, Tony Khan, Richie Rich had said in a lot of interviews, the person I'm bringing in is my favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> it's your favorite wrestler of all of time. All time. <laughs> it's like saying your favorite comic book of all time is Sad Sack. Come on in. <laughs> but Sarge. <laughs> it's like your favorite his favorite his favorite wrestler of all time, of all the wrestlers he's ever seen or could love or worship was Christian. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite wrestler of all time. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with Terry Taylor. Terry, Terry Taylor's the man. I was, I was, oh, my God. That's funny. Oh, my God. We'll go with they, the blue meanie. God, did they shit the bed on this one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they just shit the bed so hard tonight. And it's like they did this. Real, we were watching from the beginning. And it's like they're doing the. They're doing the. um. What do they call it? The buy in. Is that what they call their their free one? Oh, yeah. the When they had the. Women's tag match. Yeah, it's like a half-assed women. They're like, okay, I, you know, Britt Baker, I get it. There's Thunder Rosa. Is this really what you want people to see? Who are like stumbling across to go, man? I gotta buy this shit. I gotta, I gotta, man. Give me, give me the credit <laughs> yeah. card right now. Is that, is that really what you thought you were gonna do? Oh. I guess. I mean, I, I thought that was the purpose of those things, but oh. maybe I'm wrong. I, I, How's my wrestling company doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they shit the bed on a main event where things like fizzled out. Like somebody, I, like I, I've come harder than that. <laughs> like probably last week. 
<laughs> Sparklers went off and shit. Oh yeah, it's crazy. There were some people that were injured too. Eddie Kingston ran in, covered up. Friend, <laughs> it was crazy. Can we get a baby face? Paramedics ran in after that. By God, it was it was really. I mean, it was frightening. Oh my god! Oh my dude. god! I, dude, you, just, what did you I'm, What did you say immediately after we watched this? You were like. Was that wrestling that I was just watching? Was that, yeah, was that a saw? wrestling show? What was that ABC After School special? What the hell was that? Look, I really want to like you, AW. I really do, but sometimes you make it exceptionally hard. And then it's like, here's a pay per view. It looks like you. I mean, I I gave them complete credit because I thought like the the dynamites that were leading up to this. I thought they did a good job of selling the stuff. I thought this is good. They've got a couple of good matches. The main event looks really good. Hangman's on a, on a you know a good thing. I think they they're building Ricky Starks up. I didn't think Ricky Starks was going to be again, you know, deader than a cold plate of piss after this thing. After he gets pinned by a guy that was born in 1959. Okay, super duper. And then you know the women's match looked fine. I thought they did a good job leading into that. And then you know you go into this, <laughs> it just turns out not good. So disappointing, uh, man. Mm, that's funny. Oh, uh, we wanted to like it though, didn't we? I, I tried so hard. First of all, tried so hard. Do we know what happened to Jr.'s voice? Do we have any idea what happened to Jr.'s voice? Was it in an exploding barbed wire match beforehand? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know if he was sleepwalking and instead of drinking scotch, he might have had some liquid plumber. I don't know what happened there, but it looked <laughs> his voice was Wrong very well. Jr. He got better as time went on. I got this stuff in my in my bedroom right now, and it's for your throat, and it's got something from bees. And you shake it up, and you and it goes right on your nodules, and it helps them. But you can't use it all the time, and you got to be kind of careful about. It. But it's supposed to be really good for your throat. Hmm. So I don't. I mean, I don't know if I can get that information to Jr. in exchange for some main event yeah. mustard, but <laughs> I'd be happy. I to think do. it's only fair. Oh, you, know, you know, you know, bees must be really just plain good for human life. It seems like everything about bees are, are just good. Yeah, and then they, you know, they keep uh, disappearing at an alarming rate, and it just it's not going to be figures. You know, there's they're like good, so. there's several different documentaries about why they're disappearing and stuff, and it's global warming and all kind of shit. But it's not going to yeah. be good for human existence on this planet if they continue to disappear at this rate. So no, you're right. We'll see if uh, Joe Biden can fix that one, too. Whoops, I'm What's getting political fault? again. Yes, he did it. You know, it's the way he's driven up the price of gasoline. I'll never forgive him. Damn those presidents. Dr. Britt Baker, uh, DMD, and Maki Ito defeated Thunder Rosa and Riho. Um, it was pretty good, and then Rebel got involved, and, did, and it was it was fine. But, again, I'm like – Let's look across the roster and see how we can sell this pay-per-view. Who do we need to have out there? Who do we need to have out there? Okay, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. Boom, get out oh. there and rock it. It's fine. That, 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 that's what they should have done. Just left Riho and that other chick off, man. I, mean, that, I would have been good with that. We started the, the matchup tonight with uh, Chris Jericho. He's your curtain jerker tonight, along with MJF. Uh, taking on the Young Bucks. And Wardlow was involved in this match, too. But there was not a run-in from Daddy Buck or any of that stuff. 
And the Young Bucks did, in fact, defeat Chris Jericho and MJF to retain the World Tag Team Championship in what I thought was a pretty good match. And I it thought, wasn't bad. That yeah. wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. MJF got to do his shit, which is always like a main thing for me. Uh, I thought he was. I thought Jericho was fine. Afterwards, they had a backstage vignette, and Jericho and MJF seemed to agree that some changes need to be happening to um, the inner circle. But I think they may be on a different page. We may be ready to go ahead and kick that up a notch, and maybe we'll get MJF against Jericho for um, the next pay-per-view. I think so. I think that's where we're going. We'll see. Um, the broadcast team of JR Excalibur and Tony Schiavone preview the rest of the car. Uh, Excalibur was only mildly annoying tonight. I felt <coughs> really. I didn't. I didn't. I thought he was, he was extra special annoying tonight. You, you thought with all the stupid ass, uh, the calling was, of all the the dumbass shit that he calls. It's like he was he, he was on speed or something, man. He was just nonstop talking. Uh, he was. He. I thought. I think what happened was when when Jr. You know, started sounding like Froggy McFrogerson there. I think he just he started kicking in with, oh, I got I got to carry the ball. I got to talk a lot, and then that 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 led to some painful shit. Yeah, probably. Unfortunately, so. but Shivani, uh, I, I I will say just for the record, I, Shivani did fine. I always like listening to Tony. It was Pac, and I, I think I think Tony's not been as good this year as he was last year so far. Mm, maybe not as good. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I like Tony. I think he's been doing okay. May have, may have lost a step. I like I like Tony a lot, but I don't know. And now he apparently is going to be on with Paul White on this AUW Dark Ascendancy or whatever the fuck this is. I don't even know. I'm not even sure what that is. What What are they doing? I don't even know. I don't know. It's It's a place where they can store all of their 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 TNA people or something. I don't, I'm not and, sure. And Paul White can announce like I don't know. I'm not sure. Hopefully, hopefully Don West is getting a, a ticket book right now from TK. And he'll be able to make it very yeah. soon. Uh, Mike Tanay and Don West, call your agents. Uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix, Bear Country, Varsity Blondes, Preston Vance and Allen Angels, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, Peter Avalon, Cesar Bonani, Bonani uh, Matt and Mike Seidel, Santana and Ortiz, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, Butcher and Blade, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, Private Party, The Gun Club or The Gun Party or whatever the fuck they're called, The Natural Nightmares and Luchasaurus. The Gun Nuts. The Gun Nuts, The Natural Nightmares and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Those are your participants and the Tag Team Casino Royale, which immediately became kind of painful to me because it became the Dark Order Invitational. And yes. if I never say if I could actually put somebody in a ring and explode them all to hell, it would be the dark order. But they're uh, supposed to be faces now, man. Some of you do not. Some of you have heard about the Dr. Seuss controversy. I don't like dark order on a train. I do not like them in a plane. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. Even they, negative one. It's they, they suck before this is, this is very interesting. Listening uh, to the latest episode of, uh, the Jim Cornette experience and Brian Lass and Jim Cornette had to, had to kind of tip up tiptoe to this line because you know Jim's already staked out his his territory as far as how awful Bruce Mitchell was in that unfortunate stuff that happened around the first of the year and both Brian and Jim Cornette had to go you know I I I just don't know if it's okay for Brody Lee Jr. to be out there doing stuff week after week after I just don't know if that's okay. It's starting well, to feel a little maybe exploitative or something. Mm, 
So who wants to be the one that nominates themselves to go to the kid and say, hey, hey, hey Junior, you're, you're off the show. Well, who wants he to wasn't be that there guy? tonight. Yeah, he didn't make it tonight. Maybe it was a school night. I don't know. I mean, I that's one of those where I think they're going to pawn that off to the mom. They're going to bring her Probably. again, you know, and I, I hope she doesn't make an inflammatory social media post about how she has to deal with this. I hope that doesn't happen and then anger people. No, but must, must they've kind of, keep it low, they, low key, please. They've booked themselves into a corner and it's like nobody can go to the kid and go, you know, we 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 may not we may not need you this week. Why don't you get mom to take you for a yogurt? How about how about doing that? And if you do that, then it's like, oh God, it's terrible. It's like my dad's dying all over again. And you know, again, who wants to be the guy? Is that like, you know, TK's not going to do that because he's rich. He can delegate it. Is it going to be Jerry Lynn? Is he going to be the one that nominates himself to go do that shit? Probably. He seems like the guy that would do something like that. <laughs> is it going to be a QT Marshall? Is he going to go over there and tell the kid, or is it going to be again one of these? <laughs> One of these fifty people who were calling themselves uncle of the child back in late December, yeah. early January. How, how? Let's see how how much you care about the child now. When you got to break some further bad news that uh, we're not sure you should be on TV every week. We're not sure if that's going to work for us. But uh, but I'm on a contract when I'm eighteen, and like, okay, come back when you're eighteen. See you then. Well, you know, I will say this: maybe they did explain to him at the beginning that we'll have you on not every week, but. Sometimes, and that might be the case, but maybe I'm just looking at the bright side here, looking positive. And and by the way, it's not his fault that 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 Dark Order thing isn't working. It just, well, no, of course not. It just never worked, and it always sucked. And it's just like, why? Why? I'm so, I I could, I I could, God, if I never saw the Dark Order ever again, it would be too soon. And you know, just to make it worse, Colt Cabana's associated oh, with all that. Just that was painful to bring the beer out to Hangman after the thing was over to celebrate, knowing that Colt Cabana. Did you see how gingerly he was carrying that beer? I don't believe Colt Cabana has ever had a beer in his life. He he was he it, it was uh, I, I'm trying to make I'm trying to make a, a current reference, but I'm not going to be able to. It was like Jim J. Bullock in a whorehouse. <laughs> That's how he was handling that beer. And they're trying to sort of do Steve Austin, but they're not doing Steve Austin. And then stupid ass Cabana has to get involved. And it's, oh, mm. oh, oh, I know. Just looking at him. Hey, speaking of uh, Jim J. Bullock, did I tell you yes. that Lydia Cornell was following me on Twitter? Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She's Goodness. Fantastic. I've I got her and Marky Post following now, so I gave I quite a compliment to you. Saw the compliment that I gave Valerie Burtonelli. I'm sure she's going to be yes. following me any second now. Yeah, she should. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so yes, in the tag team casino royale, it was Ray Phoenix and Pack winning, and that means they get a shot at the tag team championship, right? Is that what that means? Uh, yeah, theoretically. And then Jungle Boy had a good one. It was it was a fine. It was okay. Uh, Dasha interviewed Paul White. He gave a clue as to the identity of the mystery signing, saying, no one will outwork them. Boy, if that doesn't spell Christian to you and me, I don't know what does. It's the first person that came to mind. Uh, some Now, I don't know who this is. Paul Walter Hauser, DDP, and Al Snow were shown in the audience. 
Who is Paul Walter Hauser? Am I, am I supposed to know who that is? Got me, Chief. I remember the said who it was, but I didn't. And I didn't pay attention. He just, apparently is an American actor. It says, let me see here. Uh, is he, he plays, one of the actors that the kids like these days? No, well, I, now I recognize him. He played the fat guy that was Jeff Galuli's buddy in I, Tanya. So there he I is. I never saw that. Yeah, he was. He was, and he was good. He was good in that movie. He uh, was also in Black Klansman and The Five uh, Bloods, and he was also in Richard Jewell uh, in that uh, movie about the Atlanta Atlanta uh, Olympic Park bombing. So, so he was in he he was in the Richard Jewell documentary thing, and 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 the Nancy Kerrigan one. Yes, Tanya right. Harding. So, with Tanya yeah. Harding, yeah. He portrayed Stingray in season two of Cobra Kai. So that's who that was. And, you know, half his face was covered. And uh, I don't know if I would have known anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I still don't really know who he is. But Sean I, I Eckhart. Uh, shoot, excuse me. Oh, bless uh, you. Apparently, I, I had what we had was pizza tonight. I, I chopped up some habaneros so we could put them on our pizza. And now I've gotten some of my nose. And Brian got some in his eyes earlier. So, ah, yeah. it'll be fine. It's definitely not. <laughs> We've never had all the peños and habaneros before. <laughs> you, we we don't definitely know how to do that. We definitely were not doing cocaine just before we started this podcast. There would be a lot more entertaining. And how'd we look and sound like Don Jr. over here? <laughs> we would. <laughs> Don Jr. Oh, you know he's got to get some good shit though. You can't say he's going to buy secondary or second rate uh, cocaine. But you know what? I bet he still owes people for it. Let's just like um, let's not throw those tariffs on Colombia, okay, Dad? Is that all right with you? Um, <laughs> Sounds we, good. We got a lengthy video package for the women's title match, giving some history on Rio Mizunami and her retirement and return to wrestling. Uh, this was a pretty good match. Hikaru Shida defeating Rio Mizunami. Now, who does who does Hikaru Shida remind you of? Marissa Tomei at times. Marissa Tomei, yes. When she, saw, when she smiles, yeah, I think there so. you go. Uh, it was a pretty entertaining match. Not bad. I liked it. I'm a big no. Sheeta fan anyway. Uh, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero ran into the match and went after Sheeta and Mizunami. This is what happens when somebody gets in trouble is it's often baby faces will come out and help. And Thunder That's Rosa, what I hear. Thunder Rosa ran in and cleared the ring. Thunder Rosa not available to help out John Moxley later when he was going to explode. That's what I was going to say. The funny thing is about the women's thing, nobody was going to explode or anything. It was wild. It was they came out and saved him. How about that? Wildest thing. They did announce All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing Sunday, May the 30th, Jacksonville, Florida. Duval County, USA, be there. Uh, Masks, optional. Sure. It's Florida. It's Florida. What the hell? And they're, they're not currently trying to kill people as quickly as Texas and Mississippi are, but, you know, they're not that far they're, behind. They're not far behind, no. Alex Marvez was with Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy backstage for an interview. Miro, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford entered. Sabian and Miro attacked Cassidy, and Taylor Miro demanded his music be played, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Miro dragged Taylor to the ring for their match. I did see a little bit of uh, AW Dark, and uh, Miro did engage in a beatdown of Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy, and. Um, Miro and Kip Sabian did end up winning that match, defeating Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. I think Miro's on a a pretty good high right now. Yeah, I think he's about ready for a a big push here pretty soon, I would think. And my line of the night was that Kip Sabian looks like what would happen if you ordered Will Osprey off of Wish. (laughs) And I stand by that. (laughs) 
it made sense. It looks true. This got us to a slight debate. Bryant insists that Britt Baker has like the best body of any woman on in AEW. And I said Penelope has to be right there. Yeah. And when you said that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you might have a point there, but so there's no, close. there's no lay for So like Tay Conti and Anna Jay are like a step behind them. I see, man. I, that you just shot my shit right out of the air now. So wait a minute. Tony Khan has just signed Gail Kim. Hang on. <laughs> Al, there was change my mind again. I uh, just, um, there was too much Alex Marvez on my TV tonight. He was with Jericho and JF Santana Ortiz backstage. We talked about this a moment ago. Jericho announced the Inner Circle War Council for Wednesday's Dynamite. This is one of the plugs they have for Wednesday's Dynamite. This is going to get you to tune in to see a War Council of the Inner Circle. MJ uh, F agreed they needed a change. They shook on it, but I think they left you to going. Eh. All right, I'm going to predict something. What's that? I predict that will be the last thing on Dynamite Wednesday night, and I think MJF will turn on Jericho at the end of the show. Yeah, which tells me they they might be having to hot shot that a little bit to perfume that turd that we just saw a few minutes Probably, ago. Probably, yeah. That that may be the situation. Is like we we kind of wanted to slow burn this MJF and Jericho thing, but we laid such a nasty turd egg. <laughs> in front of the world, we may need to go ahead and just try to rock and roll with this thing right here. Yeah, we got to. Uh, so the Dark Order interferes on this match and helps Hangman Page defeat Matt Hardy. Uh, Dark Order celebrated with Page and some beers and Colt Cabana again, who I think drinks a beer every nine years, whether he needs it or not, uh, comes out and celebrates for no reason. And thank God we got him on the pay-per-view and thank God he's going to get a payday out of this situation. And what a piece of garbage <laughs> that guy is. It's just dreadful. Uh, Scorpio Sky, Cody Rhodes, Lance Archer, Penta El Zero Miedo, Max Caster, Ethan Page. Those are your participants in the face of the revolution ladder match. And it was Scorpio Sky grabbing the brass ring. And he gets a shot at the TNT championship, which is currently held by Darby Allen. What did you think of that one? It was okay. I mean, you know, it was kind of a typical ladder match type match or whatever it was called. Um, right. Nothing special, but I mean, I enjoyed it. it. It was good. Good stuff for Lance Archer. Good stuff for Ethan Page, who debuts. Um, you know, and I, I thought Lance needed it more than anybody. But, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought everything worked out. Yeah. I, I like Scorpio Sky. I've liked him ever since the well, they, CWF Hollywood days. They were doing some gaga with Cody getting hurt. And then they were off to the side of the stage. And I thought that took away from some of the action in the ring for a while. I thought all of that took a little way, like way too long. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm kind of used to them. God. Kowtowing to Cody all the time. He's a massive attention whore. I mean, it, it just a just a huge attention whore, and the whole and then you know, Arn has to come out, and then Jerry Lynn has to come out, and then I I'm I'm not sure, you know, perhaps Nelson Royal the third has to come out. I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know who's being deployed to care for this man, but it's just it was just you know, 
Doc Samson and just Doc Samson's his teacher from medical school. It just it was just ridiculous. It, some point. Doc Severinsen, I think, was out Doc, there too. Doc Severinsen, all of the docs. I mean, it was it was just crazy. Doc Holiday, I think, was out there. Sure. <laughs> Uh, the you know the former who was the who was the Mets pitcher Doc <laughs> Doc Gooden Doc Gooden has to come out you know he's the, all all of the docs are over there Doc Savage it was crazy <laughs> yes <laughs> all, of the, all of the docs are it, it was it was fairly and then they're like getting him off to the side but then you're kind of always there and they, he doesn't want to leave and it, it, he's doing the James Brown thing and he throws the robe off and then Reno and it just uh it was it was a bit labored I thought yeah a little bit Christian Cage signing an AEW contract the announcers threw it to ring announcer Justin Roberts Roberts announced the wrestler here to sign a new contract the countdown on the video wall played then Christian Cage appeared Christian signed a contract in the center of the ring. He opened his jacket to reveal an outwork everybody shirt, which I'm sure you'll be able to get right now at awshop.com. AW Shop, where your promo code is revolution. Because You sure know what uh, my favorite part of that Christian thing was? What was that? When he, when he cut that promo. Oh, that was such a good, maybe the best promo of his career, to be honest with you. <laughs> it, was, it was up there. You going to do a 10-second pose? No. Yeah, we missed all that too. We didn't even get that. Let me see if that shirt is already up at AEW shop. You know it is. I hope it is. You know, the the Paul White show, you got to give him credit for the no more BS thing on there. That was pretty good. I I like that. That was creative. Yeah, there's Outwork Everybody. It's $24.99. So you get 20% off of that. It's going to be like $4.80. Uh, you're looking at about 20 Can I just, can I ask a real question? And I, sure. And, and sure. it's going to be, it's going to sound very disrespectful, but I really, I, I'm just going to say it. Who the fuck's going to buy that shirt? Mm. See, and that's, again, this is why I'm laughing. Cause you know, again, Tony Khan's favorite wrestler of all time. Favorite <laughs> you know mine wrestler. is. Tony Russo. Tony, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't even think Christian's wife would say that Christian is her favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be the case. This is funny, though, and they should sell the shit out of this. They've got that T-shirt that Kenny Omega was wearing for the main event. They've got the exploding barbed wire deathmatch shirts that you can wear, <laughs> that you can buy. <laughs> I'd buy that before I would the Christian work hard. Anybody, if, if you want to be like a smart Mark fan, that's your shirt, man. That's we should bear, wear, buy those and wear those to fucking WrestleCade all weekend long. I don't Hell care yeah. if Hell I get yeah. shot, stabbed, if I'm bleeding on, if the thing stinks like a skunk. Well, see, we need to buy them and then put blood stains on them. That'd be even oh. better. Oh my God. And, and you know, the funny, if you really want to make it super funny is you stand outside WrestleCade with sparklers. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> now you're thinking. I like that. <laughs> I know. I'm doing the best I can. I don't own a promotion and my dad doesn't own an NFL team, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> but you're doing all right, despite everything. The Ethan Page All Ego t shirt is available, as well as Sting and Darby. And. What else do we have? Jade Cargo. I probably need to get one of those for the GF. Uh, yeah, well, Valentine's is already gone. So I kept texting Bryant because we were watching Dynamite together, me and the GF. And she was like, I like this Jade Cargo. Oh, good. 
So I would text you and go, that's like her new favorite is like, she loves Lee Johnson. She likes jungle boy now. And she likes Jade Cargill. Those, those are like her favorites. Well, you know, I told you jungle boys are given. It's a, the females going to like jungle boy. They want that's to take just, care of it. Oh, that, what really hurt my feelings was she said, Nick Jackson had, had nice eyes. She liked his eyes. But I'm like, ah, all right. I'm, now I'm going to have to kick. I want to go to California. All right, you can't ass. watch wrestling anymore. Stop. I'm gonna no more wrestling. Trump loving receding hairline bastard and beat his ass. Uh, the red velvet uh, shirt is now available for you as well as Jade Cargill. Uh, the no more BS Paul White thing is ready. Um, I like it, but I'm not. By the way, your 20% off is not good for any kind of like charities or anything of that nature. Oh, distinct. How much, how much did you say the, the, the exploding bar bar shirt is? is $24.99, Brian. You're going to be taking your 20% off coupon by using revolution. That's your code word, uh, which will get you down to about 20 bucks plus shipping. Okay. So I'm assuming that's going to be around $30, 30, about, yeah. 30 big ones there. I did tell you that I did have my rock and roll express mask from uh, pro wrestling tees. And I was wearing it at my grandmother's funeral. So Ricky and Robert were in the house for grandma's funeral. There you I'm go. sure they, I'm sure they are uh, honored. And so, so was she, uh, Christian cage did his thing. Sting and Darby Allen defeated Brian cage and Ricky Starks in a street fight. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed the ascendance of Ricky Starks, which apparently is over because he was pinned by someone who the AARP considers uh, a poster boy. Um, the match was all right. And of course, as they brawled throughout a warehouse, they just figured they'd crawl back into a ring for some reason. And that's when Sting was able to pin the man who was, uh, well, less, less than half his age. I just, I don't, yeah, that was another thing. That whole, why was a ring even in there? I thought this, uh, I don't mm, it's I know. Boring. Asking stupid questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> these, are, these are dumb things that you don't understand. The the thing that I love so much is like the pride that Dave Meltzer and and to an extent Bruce Mitchell used to take for man this Tony Khan see if you just take our ideas and and take what you've read from us you could just turn this into gold that's what we said for all these years and if Vince would have just done what we told him to do but he didn't and now Tony Khan allegedly is so I'm not really sure how this fits into the. Dave Meltzer said one time you should have something in a warehouse that looks like shit and then eventually go back to the ring and then have a 90-year-old man pin like a 25-year-old man. I'm yeah, not I'm sure. Not, I have to go look in the archives for that one, yeah. I'm not sure, but if you you know if you go to WrestlingObserver.com and sign up right now, use the promo code, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you're going to be able to save 20% off of that first month and get access to everything. So Can you just use the code GTFOH? Yeah, and then exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> this is good. Here we go to the exploding barbed wire death match with Kenny Omega and John Moxley. John Moxley took a swick from a flask before the match. They even kind of blew the camera work on that one because they weren't even. Yeah. Actually, they, they kind of didn't show him that one, right? Yeah, it's just he turned his back to the camera. So, you know, when you go to sign up for um, a wrestling school, like a reputable wrestling school, like if you go to that uh, the, the one in Knoxville that Tom Pritchard and Kane have, right, 
the Pritchard Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling School or Team Bullies or wait, what you do on the first one is they go, uh, we're gonna learn flat back bumps, uh, we're gonna run the ropes, and then we're gonna we're gonna go with explosions in the ring. We're gonna tell you how to how to deal with those and how to get the most out of those. All right, everybody, just start warming up. We'll get to that. In just, just a second. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, a special speaker to help us out with these explosions, Mr. Ted Kaczynski. What you want to do with the C4 is you want to put it. It's uh, so the, the, the thing here was that the Don Callis sat down with the commentary team. And, and by the way, I found Don to be nearly palatable tonight. He wasn't as bad. I will say he he was not as annoying. I got to, I got to be honest, but but maybe the annoyance of Excalibur canceled out some of the annoyance of, well, that, I think that, that, I think that softened our palate. Yes. I've been very clear throughout this entire thing that this angle with Kenny Omega has about 25 to 30% too much Don Callis in it throughout the very beginning. It does. And I'm, I'm okay, but I was okay with him because the, what they've done here is that he and Kenny have built a, um, John Moxley extermination chamber and our apologies to anybody who ever remembered anything about, Oh, world war two. Uh, Cause that sounds way worse than elimination chamber, to be honest with you. So it does. They built this thing uh, specifically to apparently kill John Moxley. Um, kudos to Renee for keeping it together. Mostly during this match on Twitter. I was very, I was very interested yeah. in seeing that. She, she didn't tweet out a lot. But we you knew she was she, there. You would think she might, you know, given the hormonal situation, how far along she is in her pregnancy. But so um, it, I thought, you know, I thought parts of it were, were good. I thought there were some drop kicks into the barbed wire, some explosions that were nice. They did some of that stuff. So at the very end, Gallows Anderson make an appearance. They start beating the shit out of um, <coughs> John Moxley. And um, there's a, a pending explosion that's going to happen. And they're able to put some handcuffs on John Moxley, and he's face down. Nobody's coming to save him. There's like nobody from the Duval County Sheriff's Department. Nobody. There's no baby faces in this company that could come out and help John Moxley because he's lost the match now. They're they're going to kill him. They're they're going to kill him. So Eddie Kingston, oh my God, comes out of the back. Eddie Kingston tries very hard, and he's the countdown is on the screen. It's down to ten seconds, and he's trying to get the hand because he can't get John Moxley. He covers up his friend John Moxley with his uh, hand, and he's going to protect his friend John Moxley. And the equivalent of a popcorn fart goes off in the ring. And- Three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> There it goes. There it went. Oh, man. The announcers tried to cover up for it, and Tony Schiavone goes, he may not have regained a title, but he may have regained a friend. <laughs> and we, and you and I looked at each other and, and started really? crying. We did. We shed a tear. <laughs> it was amazing. It went off the air, and it was – and even, as I say, Miro is clowning it. I think I've read so that John Moxley himself is also – uh, clowning the finish. It appears to be a shock master level. Um, very hysteria. much, very much so. Oh man, it seems to it seems to be like one of the greater mistakes we've seen in wrestling for a while, uh, which is funny. But you know, when you do shit like the matches like that, you set you 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 set yourself up for shit like that. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, if you don't. You know, if you don't get it right and stuff, and most of it was was fairly okay, and then it wasn't. You know, so well. I mean, it's just 
I don't know. I guess today it's a little easier because of technology and so forth of setting that stuff up. But still, you know, you, you, you run the risk of stuff like that not working. I mean, how many times have you been to a fireworks display and a few of them were duds, you know? Yeah. And, and I, you just run in. I don't know. That's just It's just risky doing that shit. It really More is. ways than one. It really is. Yeah, but, yeah, everybody seems to be getting in on that. It seems to be one of the gr- biggest fails of the year. But I see. Here's what I don't want, though. I don't want this. I don't want it to be such a joke that people let it go, and just think of it as, yeah. Oh, that was cute, you know. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to sit here and say I don't want to. I don't want AEW to be chastised daily for it or anything. But let's not forget this. Let's not just take it as a joke and move on and forget about it. Uh, it's just, just note it, mark it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, it was pretty bad. So I, I don't know how they get past it or where they go from there. I'm looking forward to what happens this week. They had a good week last week with Shaquille O'Neal. I thought that was um, – That better did, than I thought it was. Would be. They, it got them the mainstream pub that they wanted. They scored just under a million viewers and really clubbed NXT, so – you know, kudos to them for that. I don't know. You know, they're not going to be able to do a whole lot more with Shaquille, I don't think, but we'll see. Nah. Although the Good Brothers on their podcast were saying that, you know, they were talking with Cody after he did the thing with Shaquille. And Cody goes, look, the guy's a wrestler. I'm going to tell you right now, the guy's a wrestler. So he's convinced that Shaquille has enough athleticism, even at this age, that he can do some shit. So, Yeah, I mean, he, he was okay, like I said. I'm, I'm not... Again, I, I've said it before. I'm not into the celebrities doing the matches and all that shit. I get they why they do it or whatever, but it just doesn't spawn my interest at all. So, but saying that, I, I, like I said, it wasn't that bad. That Shaq match was better than I gave it credit for. Uh, he he did about what he needed to do, and, and yeah. uh, I think that was maybe was that Jade. I think it was Jade Cargill's like first match, right? Probably. It's the first one I've seen her in. Pretty good for a first match. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, yeah. she's pretty impressive. You have to give her some credit for that and them kind of accentuating the positive and eliminating the negative. Yeah. Doing a pretty good I, job with her. Well, you know, here's the thing, too. I, I, I've i really started watching NXT the last couple of weeks, giving it a little more time okay. than I have been over the last month. And I tell you, man, I tell you, especially after tonight's pay per view, NXT. Match for match, storyline for storyline, it, it's probably, in my opinion, you see, just a little bit better these days, maybe. Well, they're talking about, I did see they're trying to make um, the takeover like a two-day event Yeah, coming before WrestleMania. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not... I'm not as into Bobby Lashley being ch- the champion as everybody else is. Everybody else seems to be like uh, thinking it's a good idea. I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't know if it's a good idea or not. Hadn't we tried this before when he first came back? If you would have told me a couple of months ago, going into WrestleMania, this is your guy, and I'd be like, I, I don't know. Who do you – I mean, who who challenges Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania? Who, who I mean, who gives a shit who wrestles Bobby Lashley is what I'm saying. God, I mean, I who, who, uh, what interest will that peak? I think the Hurt business is working, but I just I, I, yeah. I would question this, and I don't know why they – it seems like this is kind of a panic move or something. It, you know, if they were going to do that, it seems like if they were going to put the belt on Lashley like that, they would wait till, some, or, uh, till WrestleMania and have, you know, build it up 
to that instead of this. Yeah, it's just such a weird way for him to get it. I mean, beating Miz. I mean, who would have thought Miz would even have the belt at all? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it just seems so haphazard right now. Yeah, things things seem kind of weird leading up to WrestleMania for sure. Uh, we should spend a few minutes talking about the death of Jim Crockett Jr., which happened just this past week. There were, of course, a lot of rumors and kind of hints and innuendos that he was in the hospital not doing very well. And Jim Crockett Jr., who was the purveyor um, and head of that Crockett family running that promotion for, oh, about 17 or 18 years uh, before it was sold to Ted Turner, uh, did pass away, and he was really – we were looking at some of the stuff from 85 and 86, and that promotion in 86 could do no wrong. Hmm. Um, with the exception of that one crappy – uh, Great American Bash in Memphis, which drew about a thousand to the Liberty Bowl, they were making money hand over fist. <laughs> excuse me, and I believe Jimmy said in his podcast that under court, I think that they they grossed their revenue in 1986 was around 21 million dollars. Yeah, which you could imagine, you know, at that time. Uh, and and I thought Jimmy had a pretty good point about how Crockett. I and I've I've heard Vince McMahon on more than one occasion kind of disparage. Jim Crockett Jr., who, who, to me, is the epitome of what you got in that situation, the kind of guy you want running a company. You look at a guy like Elon Musk who goes on the Joe Rogan show and he smokes pot and stuff, and he seems kind of like a, a loose cannon and shit like that. What you want a, a guy who's like a, a business owner and stuff like that, you want somebody who's completely non-controversial. You right. want somebody who's – there's just no controversy. He's just as dull as mud. Warren Buffett is one of the greatest capitalists of all time. There is zero controversy about that guy. Right. There's nothing. You know, that's the kind of guy that you hand money to. And Jim Crockett Jr., I think, took that great advice from his dad. His dad said, never drive a car that's better than what your customers drive. And certainly Jim Crockett Jr. and his family could have afforded Lincolns and Cadillacs, but they drove Buicks because that's what their customers drove. They didn't want the customers to think that they were above them and stuff like that. Jim Cornette's point was that Jim Jim Crockett Jr. seemed to be very much the opposite of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was a Southerner who really hated being a Southerner, wanted to get out of the South as much as possible and you know, would shit on the South at every occasion. Jim Crockett Jr., was a guy who was okay with being a Southerner and kind of liked it in the South and did very well in the South. Now, here's where he kind of even, I think, Cornette can go even further. As they were a very humble promotion based on Briar Bend Road there in Charlotte at an old convenience store, making all this money and making a worldwide impact in wrestling and doing very, very well, it was when they kind of got, if you will, above their raisin, started buying all the jets, started moving to Dallas and all that other stuff, that's when things kind of went all to hell for the promotion, you see. Yeah. When they tried to get too high and mighty and get away from what their original mission was, and they had some help. And I always appreciated that Jim Crockett Jr. <coughs> excuse me. Jim Crockett Jr. Would, had said, you know, people can blame Dave Johnson, the accountant, for, you know, not coming up with the money and not telling us in time. And, you know, one day we open up the books and we're 10 million bucks in debt instead of being in the black. But I'm the guy who didn't check that stuff. And I'm the guy that hired Dave Johnson. So 
point the finger at me. So I appreciated the fact that he stood up like that. Um, but for those of us that grew up in the Mid-Atlantic region, those people who have over the years been able to come to it and appreciate it for what it was, it was so much a part of, of what we were embedded in the culture and stuff. And, you know, Jim Crockett Jr. was a, a guy who helped, uh, was faithfully promoting that stuff, did the right thing, knew what his limitations were as a business owner for the most part, let other people book the thing. And, you know, he helped make superstars out of people like Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and gave a huge platform to acts like the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express and Magnum TA and some others. So that's the legacy of Jim Crockett Jr. as far as I can see, Bryant. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned this earlier when we were talking talking about him during the pay-per-view and stuff that um, I remember watching back in the day and 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 you knew when Jim Crockett came out on the show on Mid-Atlantic Wrestling to say something, it was going to be something big because he was hardly ever on there. You know, when, when he, especially like the one we watched, this was, and this, the one we watched tonight before AEW, we actually watched three or four of them, but the, the ones we were sitting on, like you said, was around 86. And in the, in, in the time, that one we watched where uh, Crockett came out with Sandy Scott, yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is going to be huge. This is big. If, if Sandy Scott's out there with Jim Crockett Jr. So that's how I always remember Jim Crockett Jr. He wasn't on there every week, but you knew when he came on, there was a reason why he was on there. And there was there was a similar thing when on Memphis Wrestling, whenever they needed to call Eddie Marlin out, when there was some sort of controversy or they needed something to be settled or to make a match or a ruling, that was when Eddie Marlin had to come out. <laughs> and they would go, oh, yeah. Eddie, and they would they would do that. That's Jerry Jarrett's father in law, of course. Eddie Marlin was a great wrestler at his own accord in Memphis for many years and he died a couple of years ago. But that's that's what would happen in Memphis when they needed somebody to kind of break a tie or tell everybody this is what's what and we're going in this direction. But you're right. When they would make it they would have those great things like they were bidding on Starcade and they would unseal the envelopes and gosh, Jim Crockett Jr. just happened to be there to accept for Mid Atlantic the Starcade uh bid that was going to be in the Greensboro Coliseum. <laughs> it just happened to be there. How about that? It just happened worked, to be worked out there. just fine, didn't it? We were looking at some of those those pieces of business from that summer of '86. God, that promotion was just killing it. There was just the, the amount of money that was being made was insane. Everything about that promotion then was just killing it. You couldn't do the crowd was pop- dude. The crowd was popping for people like uh, I don't know like Sam Houston. It was like Sam Houston and Manny Fernandez came out and they were popping <laughs> like it was John it was Cena. Crazy. You know? Oh, it was. It was a special time, and it's uh, you know it's sad to see him, uh, Jim Crockett Jr. go. Uh, you know we still have David and Jackie and Francis, as far as I know, and uh, to carry on that legacy. And I'm glad that you know the, the family's getting recognized. You're seeing some really good articles in the media around here about how you know this is this is the the promotion that lifted Ric Flair to prominence. This is the these are the guys that made Ric Flair into a star, and uh, you know it was a special time, and I'm. I'm you know, I'm, I'm grateful that people are recognizing the legacy of Jim Crockett Jr. and Crockett Promotions. Like I said, I've, I've heard Vince shit on the guy many times, and Jim Crockett Jr. was not a guy who had a tremendous amount of charisma. He certainly well, was no. not. He doesn't have a massive ego like Vincent Kennedy McMahon or a Vern Gagne or a Bill Watts or anything like that. But he was a very steady businessman who was able to, to pilot the ship and do a great job for many, many years. 
And he was, you know, when he came on to do his stuff on TV, he was believable as right the the owner or whatever president or whatever they build him as back then. Instead of Vince coming on being some hot shot fuckhead, you know, exactly. it, I, I, I'll take Jim Crockett's demeanor over Vince's ass any day, any day. And he's able to pull off things like the Starcade thing, which was a massive deal, and of course preceded um, WrestleMania. There was a Starcade before there was ever that, and he was able to compete for many, many years. You hear all these people now are like, "Well, if they would have just stayed in Charlotte, you know." Cornette said, I, "If if they would have just stayed in Charlotte and not tried to expand to Dallas and do all the stuff that they did, he would have never left Charlotte." So, yeah, I bet that. so. Um, you know. But a lot of these people are the same people who are saying, you know, if the USFL would have just stuck to spring football, they'd still be around today. So you don't, you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> mm, <laughs> yeah you, you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I, but I, I, I do think they. I don't know if they'd be around today, but I, I do think they would have lasted a little bit longer than they did if they, sure. they didn't go to Dallas. Any other closing thoughts as we close up another award-winning episode of Katie Vick is alive, alive. Well. Uh, Heading down to Texas this week to say goodbye to my mom's house that she's been there for, gosh, I don't know, since 1990, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know we talked about this when I was down there about six months ago, and I knew it was going to be the last time I was down there because she was going to sell the house. And I'm dreading going because it's just going to be awful walking out of that house for the last time. I I, I was hoping I wasn't the one that was going to go down to do that. So there you are. But here I am. So because you're a I, good I son. I, uh, and <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be emotional. It's going to be play, emotional. I'm you can play Galveston it. by Glenn Campbell as you as you walk out. I can't out do that. Not right now. It's too <laughs> too soon. Two on the nose. Two on the nose. Well, we can we can always blow it up. I know some guys that are really good at explosives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you'd like to bring that house down, we can do it with a bang. <laughs> Tony Khan line two or a whimper. Uh, Brian is followable on uh, a lot of social media, including Instagram and also Twitter. It's Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports. And on uh, TikTok, remind me, it is, is it Stanley Jordan 23? Stanley Jackson 23. Stanley Jackson 23. I always, I'm not on the TikTok. I'm not up No, I know. Kids, you're not so. on the TikTok. I'm kind of surprised I'm on the TikTok, but I'm, here I am. You're rocking it. It's You're doing the thing. Stanley Jackson 23 on TikTok. I'm Britt Whitmire on Twitter. The show, of course, is at Katie Vick Alive on Instagram, or rather on Twitter. And on Instagram, I'm B-Dub for Reels, B-D-U-B number four, R-E-E-L-Z. And if you'd like to support what we do, you can shop at our Amazon store, which is katievick.com. It's katievick.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.